So those of you that know me know that I'm really into technology. Um, that's a big part of what I do. I think that being able to validate the things that I know that I know with a number is very important. And I owe it to my, my players and my parents to be able to say, this is where we are definitively, objectively, and then plan or chart a course for where we want to go in every aspect of the game, whether it's vision, whether it's, you know, some type of movement screen, or even if it's skills. And I had an opportunity to, to talk to Ben Hansen, who is the the mind behind Modus, and I have a great deal of respect for Modus. I've known these guys for over four years, and um, they really do a great job. And when it comes to innovation in terms of arm care and just movement, um, there's no one better. Uh, I wanted to share this podcast with you guys. If you have a child who has had a throwing injury um, or you want to prevent a throwing injury or you just want to understand more about how injuries work, you know, these are the people who are kind of leading in bringing biomechanical information and information on biomechanics to the masses. And it's all about education. It's all about, you know, knowledge and knowing what's what out there so that you can be able to, you know, enjoy sports um, and, and minimizing injuries at the same time. Um, there's nothing worse than watching your child sit out because they're hurt especially when you could have prevented it. We also got into um, analytics and all the information and all the data that we're getting um, and the context that we're getting it at. Usually it's in the controlled environment versus in game. And I think each, you know, each situation serves its purpose. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure that the information that we're getting and all the data that we're, we're receiving, we're able to, um, to aggregate it properly and and realize how it's affecting my my athlete positively or negatively and where we go from here next. How do we improve on that? So check it out. Welcome to the Transcending Sport Podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. What's up, everybody? This is Transcending Sports. My name is Rob Cruz. I'm your host. Our guest is Ben Hansen. He's the Director of Biomechanics and Innovation at Modus. And we're going to be talking all things throwing, all things body movement, all things wearable tech, right now. What's up, Ben? How you doing? Hey, Rob. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Good to be, good to have you on. Um, you know, I've been working with Modus um, in the background with Brian over there. Uh, for the last few years and I've really been intrigued by what you guys have been able to do on the wearable side with with modus one with modus pitching with even I've even been using modus, modus hitting a little bit and testing that out with my girls um, and on the fast pitch softball side and even some of my baseball players too um, so I wanted to find out from you just kind of if you can give us like an overview of just tell us a little bit about you um, your background how you got into, how you got into tech and so forth and so on Oh yeah, sure. No, um, yeah, my background uh, in, in biomedical engineering in terms of my academic work. Uh, but when I started get, uh, you know, looking for jobs, I ended up uh, applying to a biomechanics internship at the Milwaukee Brewers uh, 
biomechanics lab. And in order to stay on there, they required that I go to grad school. So I ended up going to graduate school at Marquette University in Milwaukee uh, to get to continue on with that lab in the same degree of biomedical engineering. And the focus really became about analyzing pitchers' body movements and looking for ways to tailor a strength program or um, ultimately help them perform better in, in, with different pitching drills and avoid injury over, the, over their careers. Mm -hmm. And my background also was in baseball pitching. So I, I, I was a college pitcher at a D3 school called MSOE. And so the ability to fuse biomechanics and my passion of baseball, I mean, it was, it was a dream come true. Um, but at that, that, uh, when I was in grad school, I actually met, uh, these guys, Joe and Keith, who were starting this company called Modus. And that was when I was down at ASMI doing a, a summer research fellowship, um, with Dr. Fleissig. And they were looking to partner with ASMI. And then, uh, ended up leaving the Brewers and my graduate program to help, uh, help Modus and become their first employee. And at that time, we ended up opening a biomechanics lab down at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. That's actually where I live now. Okay. Um, although, uh, we also have a lab in New York and in, in Long Island. But yeah, my background is, again, on the engineering side. Uh, came in to help build out programming and you know, physics engines for you know, pitching movements, batting movements, all the kinds of sports movements. And our goal at the beginning of Modus was, let's look for a way to bring biomechanics to the masses. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where wearable tech comes in and the sleeve and things like that. But that's my background. So That's great. So tell us about the sleeve. I believe that's the feature product for Modus. Tell us a little bit about the sleeve and what was the inspiration behind the design and the, and, and the, and the technology behind that? Yeah, so the sleeve uh, was really just an extension of our lab. It was our first, dip, you know, our first step towards bringing something to the mass market. Uh, at the time, we were measuring something called elbow valgus torque in our biomechanics lab with um, all of our baseball teams that were in Florida. So through ASMI, we, we would go to different uh, spring training sites, and we would do tests in the spring. We'd also do it in, uh, in the fall instructs league for teams. And they loved the data, but they always wanted to get more of it in a game-like setting. So, again, it was just a natural extension to try to get elbow torque, uh, but from a wearable sensor. So the inspiration was... Let's let's measure the stress on a pitcher's elbow and 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 give that to teams in a game-like setting. Um, but what it turned out to be was a workload monitor. So the, the sleeve quickly became this you know this tool to capture every throw a pitcher makes and calculate the total amount of torque that the elbow sustains in a day. And then that led into uh, some measures of fitness and fatigue, which we can talk at length about, I'm sure here. But the inspiration was really just let's take what we've done in that lab. And, and bring it to the field in a meaningful way. That's great. So, you know, when most people think about wearables, you know, they think, oh, it's, it's, it's probably going to be a pain in the neck. Um, but from my experience with, with Modus products, your, your interfaces are the most incredible, um, intuitive interfaces that I've seen on any tech. And I'm, I'm the tech king. I consider myself to be like the tech guru, but I've never been on any interface on any software that's as simple as Modus. Who, how'd you guys figure out, who, who did that? <laughs> uh, well, our lead developer, Ryan Holstad, he's, yeah. he's the man, um, but it was not always that pretty. Um, <laughs> okay. early, early, early versions of the sleeve were very clunky, even on the hardware side, but the software side was, it's in order to get that right, to make sure that you're capturing every throw a pitcher makes, yep. making sure there's no data dropouts, make sure timestamps are accurate. 
I mean, that's no short feat. Not only that, but then when you have teams that have 20 of these sleeves doing a sync all at one time on the field, I mean, there's a lot of moving data, a lot, lot of moving parts. We, we needed to make sure it was as simple as possible. So the biggest feature teams have now is this roster transfer where, you know, they, oh, I should probably back up. The sleeve works in a similar fashion to a Fitbit. You know, it records sensor data as you wear it. Mm -hmm. uh, although it's not just step counts, we're storing raw thousand hertz IMU sensor data with every pitch that's made. Um, and then at the end of the day, we take all that data that's been stored in memory and we transmit it through Bluetooth to a, to a cell phone. So, yeah. um, and, and what teams do is, you know, there's just one button on the app. They have the roster set up, they click sync and it siphons through all the sensors automatically and just you know, brings it into their, into their dashboard summaries uh, of workload and things like that. But yeah, getting there took, uh, took many years of development iteration and, and many failures. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So, um, talk to me a little bit about um, how how you're using the sleeve to be able to understand fatigue, and we 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 know that fatigue is probably the biggest reason why injuries are happen happening. Not always not always mechanics like we would think, but a lot of times when you're throwing tired and things different things break down is when the injuries begin to happen. So tell me how how teams and or individuals are using it to be able to understand. Um, you know, how to interpret the, the fatigue factor. Yeah, definitely. So, I, I mean, you're right, though. The, the, the conception that for years has been mechanics are the cause of injury. And to an extent, that is true. But yeah. th there are no studies. If you look at the literature, um, people have analyzed pitchers who are healthy and who are injured. And there's no difference between the, the torque value. So the elbow valgus torque and injured and healthy pitchers are the same. Yeah. Uh, so it's not it's not about the mechanics, although I do think there is a role there. So what it comes down to is fatigue, and and I think the the biggest um, research that came out was Dr. Fleissig's ten year youth study, and they found that pitchers who threw while fatigued, when they were reporting fatigue, were three hundred times more likely to get hurt. Wow. You know, compare that to the other findings of you know throwing over hundred innings in a year or hundred pitches, you know those had three x, um, yep. you know. Uh, in, increase in injury risk, but fatigue is by far the, the largest uh, predictor of injury. And we measure it by doing something called acute and chronic averages on a person's workload. But um, I guess I, I'll back up a little bit more even there. You know, we didn't invent these measures of fitness and fatigue. They came out of the Australia, particularly Dr. Tim Gavin invented the acute to chronic workload ratio. And it started by measuring chronic load, which is a monthly average of the total amount of work your elbow has, or in the case of rugby, where it was pioneered, how much they ran. But in baseball, we measure that same thing. We measure the monthly average of load on your elbow. Uh, and in, you know, in a spring training, that's pretty low. If you haven't thrown much, that, that workload's pretty low. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the season, it's, it's higher, obviously. Um, and the, the biggest research studies from Gavit found that the higher that chronic load, the lower the risk of injury. Right. So that's our fitness measure. And it's if you want to have you want to create capacity, you need to create fitness. If we're going to run a marathon. Okay, we're not going to just go run it tomorrow and train. We're going to build up chronic fitness over a period of months. Yes. And we do that with our pitchers' arm naturally, right? So we, we go through throwing programs. We have a return to throw protocol yep. where we increase throwing distance and volume. Um, so that's already a natural piece to it. The fatigue side comes in when you measure something called the acute to chronic ratio. So remember, chronic load is this monthly average of load. Yep. But an acute load is a short-term window. So this is what happens in, in like seven days. And um, actually, research at work we have finds that a nine-day window is probably the best to use. But so anyways, that's our acute load, what we've done recently. 
Uh, if you take the ratio of those two, it gives us a really good number for fatigue. So if you're at a 1.0 acute to chronic ratio, you're doing the same amount of work this week as your monthly average. So I mean, you're, you're just maintaining. Yeah. If you're above a one, you're in, you're in, increasing your fitness. Uh, and the initial research found that if you're above a 1.5, uh, this is from Dr. Gabbitt's work, uh, your risk of injury started to increase exponentially. Uh, we found through Dr. Samir Mehta's work out of uh, Gold Star, um, out of Washington, D.C., um, St. John's College High School, they found through about 200,000 throws and about a dozen injuries that if you were, were above a 1.3 ratio with the modus throw, the risk of injury increased by a factor of 20. Wow. Um, so that's a huge finding, in incredible finding to be able to apply to a pitcher's arm. So now we have one number, the acute to chronic ratio, that helps us guide you know a safe limit for a pitcher. If someone's chronic loads are low and we, you know, we want to have them pitch in game 30, 40 pitches, we know exactly what will happen to the AC ratio. Um, and sometimes we find that 30 pitches in game will put them above that threshold for injury risk and put them into a fatigue state. Um, so now the name of the game has become, let's, uh, let's measure these things and definitely let the staff know when someone's been exposed, but it's much more about building a workload program that we know is safe for a pitcher. And, and yeah, that's that's the real power of the sleep now is preventing these exposures from happening altogether. That's great. So uh, you mentioned um, the, re the return to play or the return to play or return to throw protocol earlier. And is that something that is already in the software? Like you can go into like a return to play mode or return to throw mode. So or, we have we have yeah. a, a a projection system that runs at all times based yep. on your data. It's always trying to build up your chronic load as fast as it can, yep. but as safely as it possible. So you can set your schedules and it'll optimize for you. But uh, the, the the real design module we're, we're working on right now it's so it's gonna be a workload building module that allows you to build custom programs um, up to two hundred days in the future and. And then update those programs as you know, data comes in and compliance and effort may you know, vary from what you prescribed. But yeah, it's, it's being done at a few levels. We also have a program we do for, for pro teams. They, we actually consult for a few groups that we run um, weekly workload projections for based on their seasonal needs, based on their schedule needs. And we even get into the daily uh, programs where we can specify this exact amount of throws to make at every distance of long toss, um, the exact amount of bleeded balls to use, based on workload availability and okay. ultimately how many in-game patients you can make. Mm -hmm. But there are some tools on the on the Modus Dash that allow everyone to do levels of that. Um, we also just released a game day mode that simulates up to 50 workload units. So if, if, you're, if you're wearing the sleeve and you have good data, um, it, it'll show you exactly how much uh, your AC ratio will in increase if you do a variety of different workloads that day. Um, and then it's kind of up to the coaches and the practitioners former staff to you know, put together a program that tallies up to that total one-day load. But yeah, so I guess that's kind of a long-winded answer. There's a variety of tools available, but we are working on another uh, you know, module that brings it all together. And so anyone can be a workload in, in terms of expert, for lack of a better word. That's great. So let's, I'm going to go back a little bit into your intro and the bio. You told us a little bit about your, about your background. Uh, you had spent some time with the Brewers. Who was the... Um, Pitching, I'm curious, who was the pitching coach? What year was that when you were down over there with the Brewers? It was 2010 through 2012. Um, Rick Peterson had just left. Okay. And uh, actually, the lab was run through their medical side, Dr. Uh, Dr. Rosh. So that's primarily who who 
ran through. Yeah, I was going to say, I was wondering if it was during the time of Rick Peterson, because I know he's always been the kind of person that has been, you know, really holistic in his approach. Um, yeah, it's been great. With, and we, with arm and care we, and stuff. Actually, in 2012, Rick had moved. Oh, I don't know the exact year, but uh, we worked with Rick a lot when he was at the Orioles okay. early on at Modus. Yep. Um, they were, a, they were a, a, a huge advocate for biomechanics lab testing. Yep. And getting full body data, which is a whole other side of this conversation we haven't even touched on. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, great. So you know what I've noticed at, at the youth level, and I know, I know you're working a lot with uh, in, in Major League Baseball and a lot with uh, USA Baseball and, and the, the player development pipeline and using using the technology, the wearable technology, even with Modus One, um, in terms of just assessing the athletes and their mobility and using it as a way to create almost like a, a, a screening system, All right? But um, I've also noticed that at the younger ages, we're starting to see more middle schoolers and even younger begin to deal with um, Tommy John. The Tommy John, um, you know, surgeries and stuff are, are, are very prevalent now with younger children in their throwing. Um, what are some of the things, if any, you know, Modus is doing to be able to help prevent those injuries from happening, um, educating the parents of those athletes to be able to understand why these injuries occur and things like that. Or, or what can yeah. you tell my, or what can you tell my audience regarding that and how, and how yeah, the sleeve can be something that, you know, as, as, as an investment into your child's health, just as a thrower, maybe, maybe not, maybe my kid doesn't pitch. Maybe my kid's a catcher. Maybe my kid plays third base or short. And a lot of times at, at when you're 12, 13, you're going from catcher to short to pitcher, you know, all in a weekend. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the ultimate goal is to prevent these at the youth level. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're working uh, vigorously to get this sleeve adopted at those lower levels uh, on a large scale. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, there's, there's simple concepts um, that we can implement. Yeah. You know, obviously it starts right now with the pitch count rule. Um, but the pitch count rule doesn't take into account bullpen throws or warm up pitches before innings, which are high torque. They can be. Yes. They also don't take into account the throws you do all week long or at other positions. So we need to move that model away from that model and, and start adopting full workloads, true measures of workloads, not a, not a simple pitch count. Although the pitch count has done wonders, you know, it curbs acute spikes in workload by a lot. Um, but it's a blanket statement and we can do better. So the simple simplest solution is to make sure we don't have any high AC ratio exposures in youth pitchers mm -hmm. uh, and to build up chronic load to a, a, a level that is allows them to, to tolerate in-game pitching. Uh, there's also going to be the, the upper edge of that as well, where we don't want to have too high of chronic loads at a, a, at a young age because um, that arm is still developing and growth plates are still fusing. But it, it really becomes about just knowing what the athlete's doing. And right now we don't know. We have no idea because no one's... No one's monitoring that. They're just monitoring the pitches you make in the game. Mm -hmm. That's great. So can you tell me a little bit about um, Modus One and the, the assessment screen? The, I think I think it's a, a t-shirt, isn't it? It's like, a, it's like yeah, a shirt, a compress a compression shirt or something like that? Yeah, so Modus One is a, it's a six sensor system. It has sensors on the, both forearms, it has a compression shirt with a sensor on the upper back and the low back. Uh, and there's a couple configurations. You can have it on both shins, you can have it on the lead leg uh, during a pitch assessment. But the, the whole goal of that system is to to capture an assessment of either mobility. Uh, we have some strength pro uh, testing protocols. We even have a live pitching assessment 
that's um, in beta, beta use right now by a few teams. But the, the way it generally works with the range of motion module that's been out for a couple of years now is you take an athlete through a quick batter of about 20 range of motion tests. So it's active range of motion where they're, the athlete's moving their own arm. Uh, you see a lot of passive range of motion tests done on a PC table with a goniometer. It's a little bit different, but uh, yeah, this is a, a quick battery of tests that does active range of motion on the shoulders. So they can internally rotate, we externally rotate, where they abduct their arm, they flex their arm. We also do a spine mobility test, so they have them twist to their left and right, uh, do a uh, forward flexion test, uh, back extension test, side bends. There's also hip mobility where they we test internal and external rotation range of motion of the hips, um, as well as abduction and uh, even flexion of the ankle. But that's a that's a really nice baseline to have for a couple of reasons. You know, one, you know, a one-time assessment can show you if you have asymmetries or if you're tight in a certain plane of motion, and it allows us to target special corrective exercises that you know can help improve that over time. But more than that, it's a it's a tool to help understand how pitchers respond to load. So oftentimes, you know, you um, you obviously sore after we pitch because things are swollen. We've just got done doing a, a ton of eccentric exercises, which is the pitch. We're taking our muscles to the max. Mm-hmm. So there's usually swelling and inflammation of our, our rotator cuffs, of our, and our shoulder joints, very compressed, and our range of motion gets limited after a start. And so we have a lot of people who will do the modus one test every day following that start to see how athletes recover and know when they can start tolerating a bullpen session. Some people, they take five or six days to recover their range of motion and strength. Um, and those pitchers need to take a little bit more precaution when it comes to active recovery, whether that's manual therapies, icing, um, you know, like, et cetera, things like that. So that's that's where it's being used the most is that, that, that understanding how athletes respond to a big impulsive workload. That's great. So po- po- position players, like, okay, let's, I'm, I'm going to give you a scenario. I, have a, I may have a shortstop or a second baseman who has had some throwing issues or some arm pain issues. Um, you know, most doctors are going to say, well, we don't really see anything, but we're just going to say you should just rest. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's that's pretty much the the standard uh, response, which sometimes that's a good thing. It's just Maybe if you shut it down, you can just kind of, the rest will help. But we want to monitor, we might want to monitor like how many throws, how hard this person's throwing. Um, because I think we, Athletes probably make the most throws in practice. I mean, you can make anywhere from 100 to 200 throws in, 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 a, in a two to three hour practice session. And in a game, yeah. in a game, you, in a game, you're not even going to make that many throws. You might make four or five throws in a game. No. <laughs> so, no. so go ahead. You, I mean, so little at there, uh, Tim Ull at University of Kentucky, um, they found they did a, a, a throw count study and they saw that 10 percent of throws came from in game in a season. 10 percent. So. Yeah, we're not counting what's needed. And then even on game day, um, in terms of total workload that we see, the average in-game workload is about 40% of the total load that, um, that a pitcher does that day. So their warm-ups are just a long cost program and the pre-game bullpen and the pre-inning throws, they add up to a ton. Wow. Um, and in fact, they add up to 60% on average. Wow, that's great. That's great. So is there anything... You guys got coming down the pipeline that we should be looking out for. What are some of the newer newer things you guys are trying to spearhead um, and innovate uh, that we can look out for in, in the world of wearable technology and, and uh, yeah, in your field. No, I mean right now it's really about just 
building as many tool sets and making the, the sleeve workload anal analytics as applicable as possible. Uh, we're trying to empower uh, parents who maybe have not had education on the sleeve out of the gates. We're trying to get them up to speed as fast as possible so they can design their own workload programs. Um, same with coaches and, and even clinicians who, who haven't had experience with the sleeve yet. So there's a lot of moving parts on that side of the, the fence with Modus, just mm -hmm. continuing to build workload analytics for, for these pitchers. Um, on the, the mechanic side, that's going to continue to evolve as well. And we have, uh, we pilot tested the, the pitch MX, which was a, the pitching version of the Modus one. We did that at the winter meetings this year. That's, uh, that's continuing to make some good progress, but yeah, I, at this point it's really, you know, just building as much as we can, um, in terms of tools for workload management. It's, it's never been more applicable than it has today. And we need to make sure people can use it as best they can. You know, what I, it's funny when I run when I run into people who are in the know in regards to high high level tech, and I bring up Modus in a conversation. There, the people are very familiar with with the sleeve and and the sensor, and they even some of them, most of them, are even actually using it on, on a day to day basis in their programs. But what most people don't know is that Modus batting is a very good tool with an incredible interface. That also gives you the ability to um, track hitting hitting zones and be able to to by zone in, in the strike zone, be able to kind of see where that swing where that pitch was, or what kind of swing that was for the area of the zone. Uh, can you can you talk a little bit about that uh, that feature in that software and how you guys did that? Because no one else does that. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, that was a, a nice development we put in and. Um, haven't had to make many adjustments to it since it was launched. Yeah. But what we do is we have them go through a quick calibration where they, they hit a ball in all nine zones. Yeah. Um, and then we're able to detect through the, the sensor fusion where we calculate velocity, acceleration, and even position of the bat handle. And then given the bat length, we calculate the, where the bat tip is. Yeah. Uh, when we find contact through those algorithms, we can actually determine what zone contact was made in. So now... Oh, and we want to give you your bat speed or your attack angle or your hand speed. It's not just about where you, where it is in, in general. It's about where you made contact in the zone. And that's a huge factor. Point of contact uh, influences these measures by a lot. If you're throwing balls inside to somebody, their bat speed is going to be about 10 miles an hour faster than when it's low and away. Yeah. So if you're, if you're trying to assess people, you, know, you have to make sure you standardize it. We have to be aware of where in the zone you're standardizing it. Um, <laughs> you're so, so yeah, being able to break that so right. by zone is huge. I just had a conversation with someone. We were standing at a game in Georgia, and we were talking. Uh, we were talking technology, and 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 we have, you know, I'm really happy that people are embracing the, the, the technological revolution or evolution. And but we got to go to the next level now. Now that we've embraced it, and everybody has the cool sensor on their back, and they're walking around with the sensor, and they got the software. Um, now we have to get to the point where. We know what we're we know what our analytics are telling us. We understand better why the, you know, like you said, you got nine zones, and, and in each nine zone, you're gonna have a different swing. You know, your your time to contact is gonna be a lot lower, which is good, by the way, on a ball that you hit deeper. It's gonna be a lot higher on a ball that you hit more out front. But if we don't know that, <laughs> yeah. if we don't know what that was, we're just looking at numbers, and we don't know what it looked like or, or where the pitch was. Um, we're really not, really not, we're really not getting an advantage 
um, and getting the most out of what the, what the numbers are really able to tell us. So I think that's where it starts. We need to come up with more of a, um, as an industry, a standard in what, what we want to do in evaluation. Up and in, down and in, down and away, down, you know, you know, belt high and away, you know, whatever that was. Okay, what are those numbers individually for each each location in the strike zone? So, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool, right there. But you guys, well, and another. So on top of that, I mean, it's it, standardizing it. We have to make a, a better, we have to do better at that. But I often think of where the, where is the future going to go in in wearable tech and on the assessment side. And I think when it comes to rehab, there will always be sort of this brick and mortar lab type area where you're going to go and do an assessment. Yeah. But I think the assessment data we're going to get in the future is going to come from in-game data. You're already seeing some of these bats are being worn in-game. The Modus throw has been in-game since 2015. But now if we want to talk about getting full body data, you know, let's understand the kinetic chain in a bullpen session, great. But what, what, is it, what happens in the seventh inning? You know, what happens to the fatigue of that kinetic chain sequencing? I mean, that's going to be, that's the ultimate question I want to, that, well, that's what we're aiming to, to accomplish with the Modus 1 and the, the Pitch MX is to get in-game data and understand how someone fatigues from that standpoint because that's going to be the ultimate assessment tool. Um, you know, again, I think we're kind of spinning wheels by trying to test people you know, in these controlled settings. And I, I, get, I get there's a, a need for that when it comes to combines and scouting, yeah. but a lot of that's going to need to come from in-game performances. Absolutely. In-game performances and then... What, and then moving pitches too. Like I, I always tell, I always tell people like, okay, well, yeah. you're not putting that swing into context for me if I don't know what the pitch was or what the pitch was before that. <laughs> so we need to yeah. learn know how people adjust. And I think there's a mental fatigue factor also. You know, there's there's a mental fatigue that contributes to the physical fatigue when you're in the seventh inning and then you and you've thrown 140 pitches already. You know, there, there's there's. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was 140. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! 140. <laughs> All right, that's cool. So, um, how do we get in touch with you? How do we get in touch? You know, give give us some uh, landmarks for for how we find the website for Modus and learn more about the product and learn more about how we can purchase the product and how anybody can get in touch with someone at Modus just for general questions and and things like that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so we're at ModusGlobal.com. Um. You can buy it, buy it through there. It's also available at Dick's Sporting Goods mm-hmm. um, in the Phoenix area. So if anyone's out there, um, you can pick one up right away. And then, yeah, we're on social media, Modus Global at Twitter, uh, Instagram. We post a lot of nice content out there, just updated white papers, research we're up to. Um, you can also follow me personally on Twitter at BenHanson9. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, or just shoot me an email at benatmodusglobal.com, and we can always take it from there. Oh, one more thing before you go, you guys, you, you guys were at um, the baseball winter meetings this year, in, back in January, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you there, there was something happening that was different on, on the posts with the software. Did we talk about that, or is that is what, what what was that? On the posts with uh, well, what, what we were doing, I mean, we were making uh, we were, we were piloting program called blueprint which was yeah that's uh, it yeah we were doing that with prospect wire okay um, Apple and uh, then we also using uh casey mulholland out of kinetic pro who is a great resource for all things modus related by the way if you're listeners um he's a program builder and just also digital coaching services uh does some stuff for our in-app support as well super knowledgeable guy but anyways, we were piloting the Pitch MX at an event called Blueprint in Vegas during the winter meetings. Mm-hmm. I think we had about 20 kids show up for pitching and 
assessments with Modus One, mm-hmm. and then also the, uh, we were using hit tracks and Rapsodo to do some some pitch metric um, and ball flight dynamics uh, data capture as well. But yeah, that's 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 the type of an event that I think we're gonna, we're looking to scale out. So we're we're trying to figure the best way to you know, bring that to a, an event that has a hundred kids because a full body assessment and um, you know going through the data and coaching the kids and making it a you know a good experience. It was it was very time consuming, so we're still working out how we're going to roll that out. But uh, I mean, I think we all know that tech needs to live in these combines to an extent. Um, so we're going to try to be a part of that as best we can. Now, um, my mind's going now. Now, now that we're, do you have time? Yeah. You got a couple minutes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so there's right now we're we're at, on the hitting side, especially. And even the pitching side, we're starting to begin to to get into more, talk about more like the X factor stuff that golf is doing, mm-hmm. and the degrees of rotation and the degrees of separation of shoulders and hips, and being able to understand um, that relationship to power in a swing and rotational speed. Yeah. But are we able to do anything in terms of with with some of the wearables where we can measure that stuff right now? With motors? Yeah, so so we do that, yeah. The, the pitch max, the swing max measure that, exact measure that, the trunk separation during a pitch in a, in a swing. However, I do have to note that a, a baseball swing is not the same as a golf swing. And there's been right. a lot of people in the industry that, you know, that, are, that are doing that with things like K-Best and, and showing that you need to get separation, a, a ton of, as much separation as possible in, the, in, a, in a baseball swing. But we find that the best batters in our database, our full body motion capture database, do not have excess trunk separation. Again, if you're sitting a golf ball or you're making a pitch, you're trying to get as much out of every segment as possible every time you, you make that move. Yes. Batting is not always like that. You have to react and, and um, you know, time up the pitch. So it's not about opening your hips as far as they can go and creating separation of your trunk and then creating a coil like you do in pitching where the trunk just slingshots forward after. The best hitters are very compact and there's kind of a sweet spot in that. So it's yep. a little bit different. I think it's still valuable to measure the yep. trunk separation in a swing, but it's not about trying to max it out. Um, and I agree, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because no one, no one's, no one has said that the way you said it. But when I look at it, I'm looking at golf where a, you're hitting a ball that's in the same place every time, and then I'm looking at baseball where you're hitting a ball that's never in the same place every time. <laughs> And, yeah. and you have to be more creative in the swing and that those creative adjustments happen late and you're going to have to have to have, to have different variable variations of your swing and we're not training the variable and oftentimes in baseball which is we're hurting we're hurting ourselves we're trying to we're trying to make it something that we're trying to repeat but no movement should ever be repeatable it should be uh, we should be teaching players how to have be able to vary movements and be in a position to be able to do that. So I totally, I'm glad you got that out there. That's great. Um, yeah. Totally agree on that. So I, I, I want to, I want to. So is that available? The. Um, oh, it's, it's not out yet. We're just, okay. We have it in beta, beta testing with some groups, but um, we could definitely get you set up with a, a version of it and start testing it out. Oh, <laughs> you just made my yeah. whole, you just made my whole week. <laughs> Holy smokes! Right, I'm very, very, very fired up about that one. And lastly, I know we we talked offline. We talked about fast pitch, fast pitch windmill pitching, and I have a tremendous fast pitch audience 
who yeah. who and, and I, I'd like to say that the, the the industry, the fast pit softball industry, is a very um, serious industry. They take the game seriously, and they're, and they're always looking for ways that they can they can have an edge and get better. Um, what's the timeline on something that we that, that we can where we can look for something to come from Modus that addresses? And I know we talked about the QB Modus QB and some of the stuff yeah. you're doing with some colleges. Yeah, uh, listen, I mean, we're, we're small. Modus is very small. So we take, it takes a long time to put an app through QA and make sure it's valid against our lab. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of things in kind of moving right now. Uh, on the fast pitch side, I, I think there's a huge need for it. You're just thinking about it. I mean, there's, I, you know, you see girls that pitch back to back days with extreme amounts of pitch counts. Yep. Um, and I know there's an extreme amount of injuries too, but there's, to some extent less than baseball and I think it gets at that chronic workload aspect where I think windmill softball pitchers have a higher chronic load they're almost kind of like the Nolan Ryans of 1984 I mean Nolan Ryan can pitch 200 plus throws in a game and um, he would be fine uh, you know not <laughs> at the end of his career was he ever hurt right but the uh, yeah the windmill softball is something that I'm really intrigued to, intrigued about and you know we you can use the Modus QB app and do something with it now we have Oregon um, they use it. They use our football app for their football team. Um, they use it, the modus throw for the baseball team, and they're just messing around with a couple sensors for their softball pitchers. But um, yeah, there's no there's no built out solution yet. So yeah, it's something we really want to act on, but uh, we don't have a, a good partner to you know, launch that with. So it's kind of right now just on the on the back burner. But it's something I think would be extremely useful to just understand how much work a windmill pitcher is doing and seeing if there are high AC ratios in those back-to-back starts or mm-hmm. if the chronic load is so high, it's not that bad. Right. But I'm sure there's going to be kind of cases of both. Yep. Wow, this is great. I'm really glad we had an opportunity to chat today. And I am looking forward to our next chat uh, soon, hopefully. And I'll be following, as I always have been, following Modus and, and always finding out what you guys are doing on the tech side of things and the wearable side of things and the measurable side of things. And we appreciate your diligence and you guys being able to take take the sports to the next level. <clears throat> um, yeah. Anything you yeah. want? Anything you want to say in closing? I know we got you. We got your. We got your information. In terms no, of how to no, get in touch. Great, Rob. No, thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, we're uh, hoping to push in the push the envelope for you guys so thanks a lot appreciate it this is transcending sports i'm your host rob cruz signing out